Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast, and we are about to study chapter 12 of the second book of Samuel. That is Perak Yud Bet of Shmuel Bet. And for those that have uh, been studying with us together, we have just completed uh, discussing the story of David and Bathsheba, the sin that David had committed the awful, awful event that we just read about in chapter 11. And at this point, uh, we take up the story where David has arranged for the death of Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba, and now has taken her into his home. Um, It's difficult to imagine the state of mind of David at this point. Uh, He is now expecting a child uh, that was born... Um, obviously uh, out of wedlock, a child that he fathered to a woman who was at the time married to Uriah. Uh, he, at this point, it is not stated in the text that this was known, but one would imagine that there was rumors going on in, in the courthouse, although, you know, but it wasn't public knowledge. Um, but there certainly were suspicions around. There were plenty of people who went back and forth between David and Bathsheba during the episode which we have just studied. And David himself is, as we'll see in a moment, clearly in some level of denial, thinking he may have gotten away with it somehow and thinking somehow he can kind of shuffle this back into the closet and move on with life. But that is not how it's going to work out. Because, Vayishlach Adonai et Natan el David. God sent Natan, the Navi, the prophet, Nathan, to David. Um, and he came to him. This is basically God saying, no, David, I'm sorry. Um, after what you did, you're not just going to put it in the closet, close the door, and leave it there and move on as if nothing happened. That's not the way it works. And he said to him, and now Nathan did not simply confront David and say what what have you done? Look what you did. Nathan wanted to bring out, and we're going to see this from the story. It's a very simple story, just a basic story about basic justice. And simply to raise in David the, the um, feeling of, of basic justice, which is, as we see throughout uh, Tanakh, throughout the words of the prophets, for especially those of you that have been studying together with me, uh, since we started, that the justice of, uh, well, the, the, the main project of God could uh, with the people of Israel is to set up a society where the rich and the powerful don't take advantage of the poor and the weak. And, and if you could sum up the, the prophecies you know, of the later prophets, they railed against the people of Israel for setting up a society of Hamas, a society where the strong take advantage of the of the weak. So the the key quality of David is 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 the opposite. The quality that God wants from the leadership of Israel is a quality of justice and righteousness, which means that to set up a society where where um, justice is served, where people. Um, are treated with the proper respect and where the strong do not take advantage of the weak. So that's why Nathan is going to choose this following story in order to bring out those feelings in David so that um, 
rather than simply confront him with the sin, because there's obviously a lot of things he did wrong uh, in the story before. The adultery itself, the, 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 the things that led up to the opportunity to commit the adultery, not leading his soldiers in war, you know, trying to live the life of luxury, and then, and then, and then you know, basically forcing Bathsheba to sleep with him, and then, and then the, uh, then the cover-up, the attempted cover-up, and then the ultimate uh, arranging for the death of Uriah. There was just a lot of things that went wrong. But the key thing that Nathan is going to zero in on is justice. Justice of the mighty, the poor, the powerful, meaning you, the king, taking advantage of taking things that belong to someone else, namely, in this case, the wife of one of your officers. Vayomalon, he said, Shneanashim, there's two men, Hayu Bi'erachas, that live together in the same town. Echad Ashir v'echad Rash. One is rich and one is poor. V'yashir hayatzonu bakar ha'beimiod. The rich one had lots and lots of cattle and sheep. V'larash, ein kol, and the poor man didn't have much. Kim kivsu achas kitana sherkana. All he had was one small um, a lamb that he, uh, a female lamb that he had purchased. And he took care of his lamb. And this lamb grew together with him and his family. <coughs> he gave this lamb food from his own bread. He gave it to drink. And the lamb uh, um, uh, uh, slept in his, uh, lied in his lap. Um, and this one lamb that was all he had was um, was like his pet. It was like his own daughter. He loved his lamb, and um, and and this is what he had. And then one day, uh, someone came arrived at the home of the wealthy man, and um, and the wealthy man. Uh, and he didn't really want to take one of his own sheep or his own cattle in, to slaughter in order to feed his traveler, to feed his guests. He wanted to feed his guests some meat. And he, he didn't want to lose one of his own flock. So, to make food for the guest that had come to him. So instead, he went and forcibly stole and took the the sheep from the poor man and he slaughtered it and he made the meat for his guest. So and David's immediate response was to be extremely angry at this man. He said to Nathan, by, by, by God's life, this kind of person is a person who deserves to die. Now he didn't say that 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 the death penalty was appropriate. What he's saying is, such a person I don't want in my in my kingdom. Such a person who takes advantage of a poor man like this and takes his only his beloved possession. Uh, this this is this is not that person. I'm I, I, that's that's the, that person is a person who doesn't deserve to live in this kingdom. And this is more of a this is verse six of a of a verdict. He has to pay back the kivsa, the sheep, the lamb, four times over, which is consistent with the Torah's law of, of, of paying when one steals and then slaughters and eats someone else's uh, a sheep, they have to pay back four times. Because he did this thing, because he had no mercy, no pity on, the, the, um, on this other person that he can do such a thing. 
So immediately he appealed to David's sense of justice. That's the key issue here that brings about David to realize how bad it was that he, what he had done. He knew there was a sin, but somehow when you, he put it in the closet, when he tried to tuck it in the corner and pretend it never happened, he still thought of himself as a person with great mercy, with great kindness, a person who has worked his way up from, the, from being the simple shepherd and so on, right? And he wasn't thinking of the impact of what he had done on other people and how, and how, how he had hurt others. And therefore, immediately in verse 7, And Nathan said to David, You are that man. You are the person who used your power to forcibly take something away that wasn't yours. So says God, I have anointed you as king over Israel. I was the one who saved you from the hands of Saul um, when he was looking to kill you, obviously. I have given you the house of your master. In other words, Saul was once the, the, uh, the uh, master of, of David. David start, began his career in Saul's court. And, and I also gave you... Uh, the, the, the wives of your masters, in other words, Saul. And obviously, even though he didn't, the wife of Saul was, is not in his house, the commentaries assume this is referring to Michal, the daughter of Saul, who had became one of David's wives, as we have read about before. And I have given to you the house of Israel and the house of Judah, right? Right? And, and if, if that's not enough, in other words, making you the king over all of this and giving you lordship over the house of the person who used to be your lord, right? I've given you so much more than that. So much more. This great kingdom and, and everything, you know, I, I don't need to sit and list all of the things I gave to you. So, Why have you... Um, Bazisa uh, is a very strong language, um, meaning that you have like completely not just ignored but totally um, humiliated the God's word. You have you have stomped upon God's word. You have abused God's word. La so sarab to do awful things in my eyes. You had Uriah the Hittite struck down by the sword. Viet ishto and his wife you took for yourself as a wife. While at the same time you had him killed, you killed him by the swords of the people of Ammon. And now, the sword shall never stop killing in your home. There will always be strife in your kingdom. Your kingdom is never going to go on in total peace. It's the, the result of such corruption, the result of this awful deed that, that completely took away and the, the, the shine and glow of innocence that existed in your kingdom beforehand is now gone. There will be death in your home. And as we shall read in the upcoming chapters, 
how this leads to total discord in David's house. And he says, Adolam forever. And this, this kind of, of infighting and, 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 um, and discord in David's royal family is going to continue for generations to come. Ki vizisani, because you have humiliated me. In other words, God. Not that obviously God is humiliated, but vizisani is, is, some, is, is a strong word. Levazot is is the kind of word that you know someone you know makes fun of someone else. Someone someone just just kicks him to the curb. Just doesn't uh, you know that's that's how David has treated God. <laughs> and you have taken the wife of Oriachiti to be a wife for you. Ko Omar Adonai. So says God. I am going to make a, a terrible thing happen in your house. I'm going to take your wives away from you and I will give them to others. And they will lie with your wives <coughs> right in front of this sun, out in the open. It's going to happen. You're going to feel the pain of the pain that you caused to others. You did something in secret. <coughs> in the face, in front of the entire Israel and right in front of the sun, right out in the open. This is key here. What we think we can get away with in secret never actually works that way, especially when it comes to sexual sins. A person thinks he's going to get away with these sins in secret. He thinks he's going to <coughs> be able to hide it. And then he tries to hide and hide and hide. But at some point, it's going to come out in the open. And the, the ultimate um, punishment for the uh, taking advantage of others in secret is that that person's corruption will be revealed in public. That completes verse 12. And um, I am going to stop here. <coughs> we're about to read David's response. And with that, we're going to continue in the next podcast. Uh, and we'll complete chapter 12 in the next podcast. Thank you so much for studying this together. Looking forward to studying the entire book of Samuel together and, uh, and many more uh, books.